for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, well, Niners fans, the wait is almost over. That's right. We are now just two days away from Super Bowl LIV in Miami, and we figured there's no one we would rather have getting us fired up for Sunday than four-time Super Bowl champion Ronnie Lott. So let's get into it. The Hall of Famer, Ronnie Lott. It's Friday, January 31st. Well, Ronnie, they are back in the big one, baby. It's been too long, but the 49ers are back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's really amazing. Uh, when you think about the run that they've had, you think about the people that they drafted, you think about the executives that they brought in, you think about the role that Jed has taken, you think about the dynamics of everything, and what you realize is that everything had to fall in line and it has fallen in line. And now here we are a couple of days from the great moment. And that great moment is that you get a chance to compete for being the best and being the best this year. And, and to me, that's where you want to be. Ultimately, it doesn't even matter now. All the games that they play, all the issues, the only thing that matters right now is that the focus of, you know, four or five hours of football. And the reason I say four or five hours of football is that Mm -hmm. you have a halftime that they have never done before, which Mm -hmm. the halftime is longer. So you have to account for a lot of different things throughout the game. And to me, that's what makes this game so big is that it's not like any other game. And you won't have a game that has a longer halftime. You don't have games that have, you know, certain things that are going to be a part of it, a game where you have more commercials. And so there are a lot of things that you have to manage and you have to manage each moment and you have to do it to the best of your ability. Well, and that was, Ronnie, you led us so nicely into the next question. That was one of the five million reasons that we wanted to talk to you. But for so many of these guys on both teams... It is their first Super Bowl, and you played in and won your first Super Bowl, your rookie season. So take us back to Super Bowl XVI, how you and Joe and Dwight and and so many first-timers, how you were able to deal with all the things that were different than every other game you'd played in, stay focused and knock off the Bengals. Looking back on that moment and for looking back at that situation, what I think is really interesting to me is that I had played in front of a bigger crowd. So I wasn't afraid of the crowd. I wasn't afraid of the the enormity of it. When you get into a game, you're always looking at the surroundings. You're always looking at everything that's going on. And so Pontiac made it simple. The other thing that made it simple was that you're in the snow. We didn't have places to go. We didn't have places to hang out. So there were things that made it simple. That in itself, when I start to think about the simplicity and about the enormity of it, we never really made it bigger than it was. And then the other thing about that game was the guys that stepped up were the guys that you didn't know. Dan Buns. They got M.L. Harris on the left side. They've got Ross on the right. They put a wing back Verser, the wide receiver, off the left side. He comes in motion right. 
Here's Anderson with the ball. He's looking for a pass. Throws it. It's caught by Alexander, but he's hit by Buns at the one-yard line. He didn't get in. Buns got him. A lot of guys didn't know him, but he made an incredible play. Eric Wright made an incredible play. And all set is Anderson calling his signals from their 22-yard line. Five minutes, ten seconds left to go. Here's Anderson backpedaling. Throws a pass over the middle. And it's intercepted by Wright. He got it at the 45, the 40, down the sideline, the 25. Cuts back in, still on his feet. Gets away from the tackle, then fumbles it. It's loose there at the 21-yard line. We'll see who got it. Wright intercepted the ball. And then as he got back to the 21, I believe the 49ers have the ball. They're signaling so. And no official signal yet. But it looks as though the Niners have the ball. It is coming off it. I believe that's Willie Harper as Harper recovers for San Francisco. Boy, there's a key play and a big one for the Niners. And so you had guys that made incredible plays throughout that game. And to me, what you forget about is that there are so many moments in that game where those kind of players ended up making amazing plays and then you get to you know the four down situation where we try to have to stop you know Pete Johnson and Archie Reese and that group of guys so all of a sudden you you can go down the list of names of people who did certain things and Hacksaw Reynolds and and my point to you is that now it, it really is a team situation and and then of course you know you think of Joe and you think of the receivers, Freddie Solomon and the white, and you think of all the guys and our running game. And, and before you know it, you realize that it took a team effort to beat, you know, Cincinnati in that first Super Bowl. And there were some really pivotal moments in that game. Now, Ronnie, you obviously didn't win just one. You won three more after that. What do you consider the best defense that you were a part of? Yeah, the best defense that I was a part of in that run, the 84 defense, I still believe might have been maybe one of the best of all time. We're talking about four guys that went to the Pro Bowl. We're talking about a defensive line that consisted of Fred Dean, who was a Hall of Famer, that consisted of a number of guys that were incredible champions, guys that have been in the Pro Bowl, when you think of guys like Big Hand Johnson, when you think of Louis Kelcher, we picked those guys up during the year, and we picked them up to be a part of our group. You think of Michael Carter, who we had drafted, and Michael really was the pivotal person in that Super Bowl because he had to take on Dwight Stevenson, who was the center for the Miami Dolphins. By occupying him, it allowed our defensive line, the other three guys, to really be in one-on-one situations. So Michael had the tough task and sacrifice himself, but that defense and the ability to get one-on-one with the rest of our group, it made it a phenomenal outcome, so we were able to get pressure on Dan Marino. Up to the 26-yard line is Marino. He calls his signals. Running backs are split in behind him. He's going back to throw a forward pass. Stops, throws. It's incomplete. He's missed again. Woody Bennett was the intended receiver. The ball was nowhere near him. Yes, and Gary Big Hands Johnson was right in Marino's face. That's why it was nowhere near him. He was getting some heat. He let it go quick before the receiver turned. That's fine as far as the timing is there. But I think that maybe that pass rush 
is starting to put some heat on Marino and got him looking. From the 23-yard line, Marino goes in with a shotgun, trying to get more time to throw a pass against this rush that's on him now. As Marino set, the Niners ahead by 11 points with six minutes to go in the first half. Here's the ball back to Marino, backpedaling to throw a pass. Cox's arm, good timing, and throws, and it's broken up! It's broken up beautifully by Eric Wright. It was intended for Mark Duper. He broke it up. And Marino has now thrown for the last six times. He's hit only one of them. And the Niners' defense is taking over the trend of this ball game, enforcing the Dolphins to punt for the third straight time. And I want to tell you, the play by Eric Wright was absolutely magnificent because Marino really hummed that ball out there. He threw a frozen rope, and Wright was off the man, out of position. He just drove on the ball. A terrific job on his part. We were able to hurry him. And we were able to, you know, play good defense. So that defense, to me, won that game, along with the fact that there was a guy named Roger Craig, <laughs> Joe Montana, that were mm-hmm. really special on the offensive side and ate up a lot of the clock. It's interesting that you bring up Marino and the Dolphins and your 84 defense, because that's been a lot of the talk that we're hearing this week, that there's been so much talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. How do you think this year's... 49ers defense stacks up about the one you just talked about. There are a lot of the same characteristics. Great defensive line, great linebacking group, great secondary group. And what I think about the secondary of this group is that they're athletic, they're long, they have speed, and they're smart. And so I think in a game like this, the biggest issue in a game when you're playing a quarterback they can do all of what he can do is not to try to, to guess, not to try to figure it out, but do what you need to do to cover your guy, have eye discipline, and be able to make sound tackles. Games like this, it's the tackle that you miss. It's the moment of letting somebody get behind you. So it's really about eye discipline taking care of yourself and really understanding that you got to make these guys beat you and knowing what I know about this defense, they're very disciplined, very sound. They're not going to miss a lot of tackles. And more importantly, they're going to force you to play your best game. Now on the offensive side of things, we already mentioned it a little bit, but Ronnie, man, every time I watch this 49ers offense, I have flashbacks to when I was a kid watching the offenses that you played with. You know, Joe and then Steve and Jerry, John Taylor, Roger, Dwight, Brent, Tom Rathman. I mean, it just seems like there's a dude, a guy, Jimmy and Debo and Mostert and Kittle and Juszczyk. It seems like, just like then, now there's a guy at every position. Are you feeling those similarities too? You know, I don't know if I feel the similarities because of the fact that some of the guys that you just mentioned are really, really good. And on the other hand, these are really young guys that are trying to become guys and become, you know, names and household names. And what I like about this group is that they're versatile. And all of those guys, which a lot of the guys that you mentioned are versatile, and uh, they were very athletic. And what I think is really fascinating about this group is that every time I watch the game, I'm amazed at where they all line up in different spots and where they go and what mm-hmm. they do and literally just trying to understand all of what's going on. But it is amazing because 
Kyle does a, such an, a great job of letting you see one thing and then going in a different direction. And I think what I love about his style of offense is that you never know what to expect, but you're going to find four or five plays that he's going to customize that's going to force you to think. And when you have to think playing defense and run, it almost puts you in a disadvantage. You just want to go play. Defense is about just going out there and playing and not having to worry. Kyle doesn't allow you to do that. He wants you to think. He wants you to see something and, and then think and go. And then all before you know it, you don't know where the ball's at. And to me, it's going to be interesting watching the Kansas City defense try to stop the run. They've already shown the last two games they're willing to take your heart. They're willing to test your will. And because they're willing to do that, it's going to be a long day for Kansas City because <laughs> I've watched them play the last couple of years, and I don't see the will, and I don't see the tenacity to stop the run. When you're playing a running team, it takes a lot of will and tenacity. Hmm. What is the number one thing, Ronnie, the Niners need to do on Sunday to complete the quest for six? The number one thing that they need to do is play their game. The number one thing they need to do is play their game. And if they play their game, I believe that they'll win this game by two touchdowns. Hmm. Well, it's probably a silly question then, but I know you spent, you spent a little time in KC at the end of your career. We don't need to be worried at all about who you're rooting for on Sunday, do we? No, not at all. <laughs> and more importantly, I think one of the great things in sports is you're always sentimental. And the reason you're sentimental is that everybody has a moment of looking back. They're looking back for the last hundred years of the game of football. And there are going to be a lot of guys that I've met and a lot of guys that I've cheered, a lot of guys that I have rooted for. I, I just, Willie Lanier, who is a great, 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 great linebacker, who's a friend of mine, business partner, you know, we've already kind of laughed a little bit about the game. And so when you get a chance to hang around the greats and you get a chance to be around that and get a chance to watch arguably, which I think is going to be a super, super bowl that, uh, what more do you want when you've got all those elements and you got a chance for the Niners to win another super bowl is going to be truly amazing. Ronnie, you're the best. Thanks so much for stopping by. You're welcome, Kate. Take care. Man, does it get any better than Ronnie Lott? I mean, really, does it? Four-time Super Bowl champ, 10-time Pro Bowler. And the biggest thing for me, he has been so kind since the first time that we met when I was just a young update gal getting my career started at KNBR. Ronnie Lott, everybody, Hall of Famer in football and a Hall of Famer in life, too. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update, we'll recap Super Bowl 54, get into Bonds missing out on the Hall of Fame yet again, check up on the Warriors, Giants, A's, Sharks, Quakes, and much more. So if you haven't yet, hit the old subscribe button so you can know the very moment when our next pod comes out. All right, that's your update for this Super Friday. Thanks to my old friends at KNBR for the sound. Thanks to Ronnie for making the time. For Brian, Tanika, all of us here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Thank you for listening.
Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Go Niners. We'll talk to you again on Monday.